Hey everyone, especially Take Stock Nation. Thank you for listening to the Mentors and Milestones podcast. I'm your host, Tatiana Green, representing Take Stock and Children, and we have a special guest with us today who's not too unfamiliar with Take Stock. <laughs> he is not only an alumnus of the program, but he's also a Take Stock leader. He's giving back as um, a part of our team here at Take Stock and Children. So we can't wait to get into this conversation to learn more about Devadra Ponder's experience as a Take Stock student. So welcome to the show, Devadra. Thank you for joining us. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> yes, yeah, so introduce yourself a little bit. Tell us uh, what program you graduated from and what you're doing now in Take Stock. Greetings and humble salutations, everyone out there. My name is Devadric Ponder. I'm originally from Ocala, Florida, so Marion County um, Public Education Foundation. So that's the Take Stock and Children office that I came through. Um, my college success coach was Miss Diana Scroggy. Um, she's still with the team. I love Diana, Miss um, Scroggy. Awesome people. And then I went to um, FSU. Um, I got my degree from there, and I worked full time in the care department. Shout out Care. Um, and then after that, I was. Um, offer the opportunity to come and give back to the state office for Take Stock, and I didn't want to pass up the opportunity. Awesome, and we're so happy to have you on the team. You've been a valuable part of the Take Stock and College team, and we thank you again for sharing your time with us and your experience in the Take Stock and Children program. So let's take it back all the way to yesteryears when you first <laughs> the Take Stock and Children program. How old were you when you first started? Um, learning about Take Stock and why did you join? I had to be about 11 or 12 because I was in sixth grade. And I remember they came to Howard Middle School, go Bulls. And um, they were in the library. It was Miss Scroggy, matter of fact. And they were giving like a presentation and they were talking about money in college. And so <laughs> for me, I was like, I knew I always wanted to go to college. And I knew that I probably, my parents, I never thought we were poor, but I knew they probably couldn't pay for college. And so that was something that I wanted to definitely alleviate from their responsibilities. So when I, at that young age, I knew that if this is something that's going to help me get to college and it's also going to help me pay for it, then I definitely need to take it seriously. I need to invest in it. And so that's what I did. I definitely signed up. Awesome. So you mentioned your first generation college student. Um, mm -hmm. Are you... How many siblings do you have? Like, do you what was your family dynamic growing up? We are a loud bunch. I have four siblings, so there's five of us in total. And I, I did come from a two-parent home. And then my mom, she owned a preschool, which was a home daycare at the time. So we always had a lot of children in the house. We always had family and cousins there. So we're my family is very community-based, very family-oriented. So it, it was a lot of people in my house. <laughs> Wow. So growing up, did they encourage you all to to go to college to pursue your education? I will say be, due to my mom being in, um, having a preschool, my grandma also had a home daycare. And, you know, my family kind of does work around education. It may not be on the collegiate level, but they have always valued the understanding that through reading, through um, comprehension, through education, that's how you're able to get better and to progress. So they were always very supportive of me. And, and it may not be the support that everyone knows, but they always encouraged me. Um, they always showed up when it was time to show up and, you know, cheered me on. So that's always what I, I would say gave me that extra fuel to want to do more because I knew I had a family that believed in me. And so, yeah, I definitely would say that. And, and unfortunately, that's not everyone's story, right? Like some of our students have different circumstances that they face. So it's a blessing mm -hmm. to, to know that you have family backing you up. 
did you have to explain what take stock was to them? Was it something that they weren't sure about when you first started? Oh, most definitely. Um, I And it's not that, and, and this is what, uh, I'm glad you mentioned that, because I even challenge a lot of our listeners now um, when it comes to parents, you know, um, our parents are only going to know what they know and what they don't know. We kind of do have to teach them. And so um, I definitely ta- um, gave them more information about what tech stock was. Um, you know, they they I think I think one of my parents at least read over the packet. So they kind of had a general understanding. Um, but when it came to the different requirements and stuff of that nature, I definitely had to, you know, keep them up to date on that. And I have to be here. Um, and, and that's something that that's just the reality of my situation. So explaining certain things. Even when I got to college, you know, explaining different things that even with that take stock will help us out with the Florida prepaid, they probably didn't have the best understanding and they would be, you know, they would get frustrated easy. But um, the frustration would be hard sometimes because you're frustrated as well. You're trying to get this done because, you know, you have different deadlines and I have class. And and so then your parents are frustrated because they don't really understand. So a lot of the time this breathing and taking that moment to give them the space to you know, digest it, um, maybe coming up with some different approaches to explain it. Because like I said, like something that they don't know or don't understand, you can't really fault them for that sometimes. Tell me more about yeah. your experience in Take Stock in Children. You talked about your mentor a little bit. Was, mm-hmm. there, was there a life lesson that they taught you that you still carry with yourself to this day? So in the state conference for everyone who was there and maybe listening, I kind of hinted on that. It was kind of like a joke, but I remember they always told us, we're going to make sure that your mentor is going to be someone you can get along with, that you guys are going to be so alike. And we have this whole questionnaire. I had to come to the understanding, even at that age, and this was something that my family has always said, you can learn from anyone. You can learn from anybody. Um, Intelligent people don't cut off people or just don't listen to them. You listen to everyone. And I would say my mentor, he was an older guy. But um, he was um, I hope I can say this. He was God fearing, um, and so he 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 was very southern, and I'm very southern. So those things helped us to be able to really make that connection to understand a lot of um our cultural differences and our generational differences. And he was also open to asking me like questions, and he would sit and listen and be like, "Oh, you know, I never understood it like that, or I really like the way you explained that." And so he was very open to me and in, in, in return as a child that allowed me to be open to him as a mentor because he came into the relationship wanting to learn more about me and wanting to really help me out and you know provide advice and encouragement so that that did help me to be able to open up more and once I opened up that's when I began to really reap the benefits of our relationship because he had a really a lot of good things to say um he had a unique experience with how he went to college so I was able to learn from what he did because it's not always about doing what they do, but sometimes you can learn exactly what not to do. And a lot of students don't understand that. You can avoid so many obstacles and problems and issues if you just listen to a lot of the people that came before you. So I'll say that. Wow, that's so true. Thank you for sharing that and sharing that perspective as well, because sometimes our, our mentors, they come from different walks of life and they can teach the students so much about you know, what to avoid, what to go for and all that and all those things. Um, was he how was he in regards to your your pursuit of higher education, like your goals towards going to college and, and beyond? Like, how was he for you as a mentor? He was a community leader. He was a pastor. And so and, and all pastors are not community leaders, but he was he um he had a desire to help those in the community, whether they were in the 
the church or not. He had a desire to, you know, want to um, assist the public education system. And that's how I grew to respect him. It wasn't even his career field or anything he did, but the the his desire to help other people, his desire to serve the community, um, that's something that I've always been raised to respect and to hold at a high regard. So that's why it was so easy for me to respect what he had going on because he was doing the work right there in Ocala. So it was it was easy to believe what he had to say. Yeah, that's really good. Did you have any other um, TakeStock staff who inspired you, who were behind you as you were in the TakeStock and Children program? I would definitely say Miss Diana Scroggy. She's a gator, but, you know, <laughs> we are from Ocala. But no, she was... Um, even when it came to me going straight into a four-year university, she definitely um, raised the precautions of, you know, you know, it is more expensive. Um, she explained my Florida prepaid, how it may be exhausted a lot quicker. But she also didn't tell me you couldn't do it or you're not capable. She never said that. She never made me feel that way. She just wanted me to understand the logistics and the business portion of it. But even when I got there, whenever she saw me getting involved, I would post something on Facebook or my family would, she would, you know, reach out and she would be so proud of me and she would, you know, I think a lot of people expect students to have, you know, like I, like I have a strong family support system and I feel like the world just expects every student to have that. But even when you have someone that understands the co collegiate level a lot better to really be, able, oh my gosh, you're doing that. Cause even if I had, when I got certain positions on campus or I won certain campaigns on campus, my parents, they kind of understood it on a high school level when you went on high school, but in a collegiate level, it's different. So she was able to kind of address those like, oh, wow, you're doing, you're in SGA or you're, you're different things like that. She was able to kind of have a better understanding so I appreciated her always being able to still encourage me even though I'm not even in take stock in children quote unquote but she can still offer that support and that genuine love nice we love it we love that she's still part of the take stock family at this time um tell us more about your your journey to college like we're in the season or time of year where high school seniors are applying for college and so tell us a little bit about how it was for you to apply for college did you find it easy were there challenges were there multiple schools that you applied for so one thing i will say nothing forthcoming comes easy I I tell my siblings, I tell my family members, I tell close family friends, it's all about consistency. Um, it's not getting on your application once a month. It's no, almost every day, almost every week, I'm checking, I'm reviewing, I'm asking a trusted educator or teacher, I'm asking a trusted community partner, hey, can you read over my resume or can you read over my um, letter of recommendations or can you read over my freshman interest letter you know what I'm saying it's about not think it's about getting multiple opinions multiple eyes on it and and like I said being consistent um it is not a easy process applying it's it's it can be expensive especially if you're not communicating with your guidance counselors getting those waivers ahead of time um planning ahead of time so you're not asking the day before or the day of for those waivers um that's the key. And I feel like a lot of students have lost that um, skill of being a effective prior planner. You have to plan ahead of time. These are things that if you know you want to go to college or university, your freshman and sophomore year, you should be having the different conversations with the administration, with your educators, um, with your teachers. You should be having those conversations because that's who's been in those um, spaces. That's who's been there before. So that's what I always encourage. Yeah, those are really helpful tips. And did you also find yourself applying for scholarships as well? I 
Yes. <laughs> like I said before, I knew my parents, my parents could help, but they, they're not going to foot the bill and like most parents in America. And so um, I applied to almost every local scholarship. Um, and I have to shout out Miss Deborah Lippard. Let me make sure I shout her out. She was the at my high school. She was the college and career success coach. And so she had a board in her classroom with almost every scholarship statewide, locally, nationally like she would find these and she would have a wall and so she would have the due dates and everything that the requirements and i remember i would just go and i was i was in one of her um clubs on campus and i would just sit in during lunch um i'm not being social i'm not talking with the other kids during lunch i'm in her classroom asking questions filling out for these scholarships and it definitely worked out because my freshman year the refund check was amazing <laughs> it was almost too good that they were going to be asking for money back and so it's and it was worth it. I didn't have the stress of having to, oh, I could go and purchase my books. I could go and purchase every code. I could, I, I had that comfort. I wasn't afraid, even though I still worked. I still had work study. So let me make that known as well. Um, but you just have to have that mindset. You have to convince yourself that I want this. And if I want it, where am I showing that I want it every day or every week? Who am I talking to about these scholarships? Who's reading over my essays of these scholarships? Most of these scholarships, especially local ones, you can call. Hi, I just wanted to get some advice or, you know, these are things you can do. But back in those days, most scholarship students weren't even applying. These scholarships would have five or multiple awards and they have one applicant. So I encourage students, apply. Please. <laughs> Absolutely. Don't leave the money on the table, guys. Having that mindset to pursue those goals that you have for yourself is really inspiring, Devadric. I appreciate that. When it came to applying for schools, did you want to stay in the state of Florida or were you open to going out? Well, like what how many schools did you apply for? How was that process? I was more set up for success staying in the state of Florida, if that makes sense. Um, I never had a problem with staying in the state of Florida. Um, I love the state of Florida. I love my home state. I know we have our different issues and problems, but guess what? This is where I'm from. This is where my family is from. And the sun is here. And so <laughs> I hate the cold. So I did. I applied to UCF. I applied to Florida State University. I applied to FAMU, go Rattlers. And I got into them. And I, I wanted to be in Tallahassee at that point because it was the capital. I've always had a inclination to be involved as a citizen and how else is there to be involved when you're in the capital city so um that was always very interesting it wasn't far from home so i also took into consideration how far is it away from home because i wanted to be far enough that they can't just pop up on me but i also wanted to be close enough that if there was an emergency <laughs> i can get home so that was i definitely took that into consideration because UCF is way closer than um, FSU and family to me. I applied. Thankfully, I got in. I should have probably applied to five. I, I I've been told that five is like a good number. But I only applied to three. And thankfully, I got in. And I think that that was where I chose to go and where I attended was the best thing for me. Honest to God, even looking back, I wouldn't say that I would have gone to any other school because it, it, it was meant for me to be there. And I would say that too. Um. Students, don't be afraid to really do your research and, you know, beg the question, where do I belong? Because it's going to matter. <laughs> the university or the college campus you are at, it, it should be where you can grow and best grow and best develop. That's so true. And what would you say are some ways that 
take stock in children, students can prepare for that part where they get ready for college. Um, it's easy now that you're on the other side, you graduated, you're working, but for the student, they may be a little overwhelmed or intimidated by that thought of this is what's happening next, especially our class of 2024. They have seen so much in these last few years. So what is some advice that you would share for them as they prepare for their next chapter? Be the person that you would want to be if you were in the other seat. So when you're looking up your different colleges and universities, it's one thing to just look it up on your phone. It's another thing to look up a contact information of someone in admissions and then giving them a call and waiting on hold for them to answer. It's another thing to send an email consistently, weekly, asking questions or inquiring. You know, I, I, I encourage you guys to, for one, ask questions. Two, be personable. So be honest. If you have a, if you have any concerns or in, if you feel like there's something you need to communicate, do that. And three, be consistent. You have to be consistent. You can't just do it one time, two times, three times and expect it to just come to fruition. A lot of the people that you all admire from celebrities, um, social media stars, um, community leaders, they didn't just wake up one day and that was their reality. It took years. It took days. It took many um, fall downs. You know what I'm saying? So you guys have to get prepared for that. You may not get into every school that you apply to. You may not get every scholarship that you apply to, but I guarantee, and this is something I can literally guarantee, a person who is consistent at applying to scholarships is going to have some scholarship that they do win. Someone who is consistent with applying to schools is going to get into a school. A person who is consistent with reaching out to their um, teachers or professors, if you're in dual enrollment, about getting help or you know assistance, they usually get that assistance or better understanding. It's just all about the consistency. And after the consistency, I feel like a lot of the times the translation goes, well, I'm going and I'm asking, but I don't like the way they say this, or I don't like the way that they do that. There's going to be a lot of people in our lives that we're not going to like the delivery. We're not going to like their execution, but it's about finding your happy medium and you being the effective communicator and you being that representation. And that is hard because let me explain this right now. When you're young and I'm you're like, I'm a young person. I'm supposed to be the one that acts this way. But no, there are some older people that act that way. You have to still know that they have what you want. And because they have what you want, that means you still have somewhere to go. So it, you can't always match energies. I want to challenge that new tendency of matching energies. If my professor's this way, I'm going to be the same way. Your professor has the career and their paycheck and their home or whatever it is. We're in the classroom trying to get to that point. So I, I, I would say that I encourage students to do you know, those things. Roderick dropping gems on this fine afternoon for this podcast. We appreciate it. <laughs> So now that you are an, a graduate of college, you graduated from FSU, and now you are working and you're giving back to Take Stock in a unique way. Can you tell us a little more about what your role is at Take Stock? So I work for the state office and I am the associate director of post-secondary retention and student support. So basically I support all of our Tech Stock and Children's students who then go on to different colleges and universities, trade schools, cosmetology, anything like that. But specifically, we um, do college visits. 
We provide direct resources to the students who attend our 40 public colleges and universities. And so um, right now I am on a, I call it my tour right now. I'm on tour and along with my team. We're going to be visiting all over the state of Florida, the different colleges. Um, we're going to be hosting some events on their campuses, um, participating in some of their campus events, and, you know, just building that community and that network across the state of Florida that we are here for your success in college, career, and life. And so whatever that may look like, whether you're a corporate mogul or you are the next electrician or you're the next mayor of your city or you're the next chief of police, like whatever that looks like, we want to just make sure you're successful. And so in this role, now that you are working for Take Stock, how does it feel when you see students like TikTok and children students, college students going through this process? Like, do you see yourself in, in those students that you work with? I definitely see a lot of myself in a lot of students. I was super involved. And but as at the same time, when I was in high school, middle school, I definitely had that piece of me that was very reserved. So I honestly do get a lot of different perspectives. So when they come to me and they're like, oh, I, you know, they they say little things and it's like, I know what you really mean. Like, I know what you're really trying to ask because I was in that space before. So I, I really am appreciative that I can serve in this capacity because there's a lot of things that we face as first generation students. And um, as an alumni, like how would you what would you say to encourage your fellow Take Stock alumni to give back to Take Stock? I literally tell all of my friends that I currently know or peers from FSU, FAMU, if you are is still in the state of Florida and you have graduated and you have not become or signed up to be a mentor you need to go sign up look up the information i will forward you the information to whatever county that it is because it's so important to be that representation of what you wanted or what you thought that you needed you know even though i had a, i had a great mentor there's still things that i understood because i was in that role that maybe i could have needed more or of or maybe it could have been explained better so why not get into that position and then help the next you know young lady or young man to grow and develop and, and become the next success story and that's what it's all about like i believe in pouring into what poured into you so to all my take stock alum out there and still in the state of Florida, please contact your local county partner and apply. Thank you. You heard it here first from an alumni of the program. Get involved. If you are an alumni, please go to takestockandchildren.org and see how you can become a mentor in your local county. We are represented in all 67 counties in the state of Florida. So why not be a volunteer mentor? Thank you so much, Devadric, for sharing your story. And thank you for serving as a Take Stock leader. It means so much to, to hear your story or parts of it, of you um, having this determination to succeed starting in middle school, graduating, pursuing college as a first-gen college student, and now you're uh, in a serving capacity helping students just like you reach their own success in college, career, and life. That is truly inspiring. And that's what Mentors and Milestones is all about. So again, thank you to Badrick for your time. Thank you for sharing your wisdom with us. Next thank you guys for having me. Yes. <laughs> and until next time, guys, we hope you stay tuned for upcoming episodes and conversations with amazing Take Stock mentors, alumni, and Take Stock leaders. Have a great day.